Hello everyone, I'm Ismail Pai Civico and I wish you all a very warm welcome to the Civic Podcast. Now, in this first episode, I will start a bit with an introduction to the channel, a small introduction about myself, and I think I will start a bit, already dive, um, I will start diving a bit into the problems in society, uh, which I would like to address throughout the channel, uh, well, throughout the episodes, uh, throughout interviews, and so on. Uh, now, without further ado, let's just get right into it. Um, so, like I said, my name is Isma Pais Civico. Um, I'm currently living in Brussels, but I'm actually Spanish and British. So I grew up in Spain, I moved to Portugal, and I've been now in Belgium for around 10 years. Uh, regarding my uh, professional side, let's say, or my experience, uh, I've been working for the past and volunteering for the past four or five years in civil society, so in youth organizations, in youth NGOs, um, and I'm also uh, currently studying law. Um, I'm not speaking in any capacity, uh, neither in my past positions or in my current ones. Uh, I'm just trying to bring conversations forward as an other citizen and bring my input um, and give my point of view and offer a platform or a space for people to have civil discussions. And I think through there we can already dive into uh, the name, some names I actually thought about before and I think that's very interesting because I thought about a lot of names and I think through every single idea that I had I can already explain um, some things that I would like to speak about, uh, especially a bit later on uh, in other episodes and go into each issue a bit more in depth and explain it um, in a more detailed manner. Um, okay, so the well, the name, as you can see, is the Civic Podcast, but I'll maybe explain that at the last, um, well, as the last name, I had an idea because it is the last one I came up with. First of all, I thought about Oversimplified, but as you probably already know, there's already a channel that's called Oversimplified, which I wasn't aware uh, about. I didn't know that channel, but in any case, Oversimplified, and I think because today we're entering in a kind of oversimplified way of discussion or a way of explaining things. People aren't taking the time to think enough about what we're doing, how we're doing it, uh, the consequences that that may bring, right? And uh, for very, very, very complicated topics and issues that we're seeing today, and I think that's a very big problem if we don't really take the time to think about what we're doing. Uh, maybe think about the possibility that everything we're doing is wrong, um, or can be wrong, or it can have very, very negative consequences in the future or in the present or in the near future um so yes i'm just i just think we're oversimplifying things and i think we should take the time to speak about them ergo why i'm starting this channel also to try and um, and dig in into each one of these topics and try and give a bit more let's say neutral perspective i'll try to be as neutral as possible of course uh but then it's I think it's pretty much impossible to be unbiased. I think we've realized that recently through media, through social media, through news channels, that being unbiased is nowadays, well, let's just say it, it's impossible to be unbiased. Um, or at least in the way you explain things and the kind of information you want to emphasize on, um, 
in in on which words to which words you give more importance to when you when you're explaining something uh, or informing. Anyway, um, I think we should all do our part in that in that regard to try and think in a critical manner. Um, so yes, but we can deep uh, we can dig into that a bit later on. Um, another name I thought about was simply complicated, and well, the name says the name says it all. To be honest, it's just it's just all simply complicated, and we all think that there's one answer to all our problems. That all the problems we see today in society, that the culprit is the heteropatriarchal uh, tyranny economic structures, social structures, um, capitalistic, uh, Western liberal structures, right? That is something that we are seeing or hearing over and over again, that that's the main culprit, that that's the reason why we're living in such a bad society. Um, well, we can, I'll speak a bit about that a bit later on, because I, I do not think we're living, we live in a bad society, you know? Uh, there are some problems that need fixing. Of course, there are lots of faults that we that that we need to address, that we need to to reform, to modify. That's I don't think anyone can question that. But to just keep coming through the same narrative that we're living such bad lives and that our generation has it has had it the worst throughout history. I mean, that is so not true. I mean. We live probably the best time possible in the best pace possible, and here I'm here I'm I'm speaking as generally a uh, a Western uh, millennial. If you, I'm not actually a millennial. Um, why am I? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure now. They 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 are changing uh, each. Uh, they're coming up with new generations, in uh, or names for each generation depending on the technological advancements and the way people have grown up, uh, especially now the beginning of the 21st century and the, the end of the 20th century. In any case, uh, so yes, everything's just getting uh, oversimplified. And I think the most important name I came up with, and I think I will, the overall structure of my podcast or my um, YouTube videos, which I'm also recording this actually through video because I think, um, well, I think I can explain that now, that videos are extremely important, especially now when we can't really have this as much as human interaction as, as we would like to. There are two reasons for that. First of all, one of them is COVID. And the other one, of course, is that we all living in virtual realities. We're all living through our phones, uh, either through posts, through Twitter, through pictures. And I think that through videos, you can, well, you can see the facial expressions uh, of people when they speak. And that's extremely important to get to understand a bit more about, get to know them better, uh, understand their personality. And also um, through um, through nonverbal communication, right? Through through body language, and I think that that's why I decided also to do a video recording. But I I will try to stick as well as much as I can to the podcast um, method because I do think that's extremely extremely helpful and. It's it, it's very easy to listen to podcasts. I've been listening to them now for quite for quite some time, and you can listen to them. It's a lot easier to listen to a podcast when you're on the train or on the metro or walking to work um, than to watch a video, of course. Um, so maybe that way, people well, uh, 
it would be a bit more appealing to them than to just watch someone speak in front of the of the camera. Nevertheless, I still think it's a good uh, it's a good thing to add and to have simultaneously. So one of the names it was the labyrinth, and I think the overall structure of the channel will follow the labyrinth. Why? Um, because the labyrinth we can go into a bit the more spiritual and deep meaning about it um, now in a second, but what we all know that a labyrinth is somewhere where you get lost. Uh, you go inside the labyrinth, you get lost, and you're looking for, for a way out, for an exit. And I do believe we're right now in a social labyrinth. Uh, society, it's, it's lost, is lost inside this social labyrinth. We're looking for that exit, for that divinity, for that, for that safe spot, that safe space that we all want to get to. Um, some people are skeptical about entering the labyrinth. Some people are skeptical about which way to go because there are dangers uh, along the way. Uh, I mean, we could even debate that the whole of humanity has been in, in a labyrinth um, throughout history. And the end point they wanted to, to get to, the end point we all thought that was morally just to arrive to was the point where the space where everyone's equal. Right, and that was the utopia where there's no inequality in the world. We're all happy. We're all live with a certain amount of human dignity, um, etc. Right, and that was the overall idea. But we can go a bit into inequality a bit in a different episode. So yes, I'm just going to scrape through a few of these topics and give uh, a bit my point of view. And I think what's happening. Um, now specifically and why it's more important than ever that people actually do speak up, people actually do have conversations, people enter um, into public and, and civil discourse with each other um, to really bring up the, the burning topics that are really affecting policy and culture um, today, specifically in, in, in Western culture. Because uh, I think if we take a, a, a world view, it's a lot more complex than that, right? There are lots of different countries that bring up different topics in very, very different ways. Nevertheless, the social labyrinth. Um, the labyrinth, it, well, it was uh, originally also, well, you could find them in spiritual places, in religious places, um, to, to be more like a, a spiritual path, a spiritual journey, let's say. Um, where the end point was that divinity, was that heaven of every person, that heaven of a specific, of, of, of a specific group. Um, and I do think we're still looking for that heaven. We're still trying to get there. We've, we've tried throughout the 20th century. I think we had some, some, some clues of what could be the best way forward, what could be the best path that we can take so we can get to that perfect point that we could stop with all the tyranny um, that has been going on through the centuries uh, by specific, uh, well, societal structures that have been implemented for centuries, thousands of years um, in, hum on, well, in society and on humankind uh, in itself. Nevertheless, there are a lot of things that need to be discussed, specifically when it comes to totalitarianism, because it is something that is, we've seen a lot today, more from the left than from the right, even though it's still, it's still present, but we can, the one that is having most impact in social policy uh, or general legislation is this kind of, 
this the extreme left has found a way to enter again into public discourse uh, on the pretext of um, sympathy, solidarity, um, empathy, um, generosity. I mean, all these kind of narratives that they've been trying to sell for the past 150 years, 100 years, um, that now we're seeing that they are really getting to 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 a point where we do not know how to stop it, uh, especially through uh, collectivist ideologies and identity politics and all of this. Uh, but I will speak about that a bit later on. And also, I already recorded the first episode. Uh, I tried to see a bit how the how the logistics worked, um, how to upload things on Spotify, which I well I managed to do that. Um, and I also realized throughout the first episode that I I was beating too much around the bush and maybe I was afraid to say things how they were. Maybe afraid because I won't be able to go into too much detail with every single topic and if I just claim something so big, like say for example that we're really going through um, an extreme left takeover, that I will directly get criticized by saying that without any basis for my argument, let's say, or or the way I I, uh, I expose that. Um, I, at this point, really, it it does not really matter to me. I just want to put things on the table and then a bit through the episodes, start commenting and detailing each of the aspects um, of this, let's say, big societal change that we're going through right now. Uh, so, in any case. Yes, that's what I was saying. We're in a um, well social labyrinth where people do not know where to go. We're all trying to find that place, that safe space, that, that heaven um, where we want to get to so we're all happy and free and live in truly democratic societies. Now, democracy is a term that has been... It's not a stagnant term, right? It's not two people, or specifically not even two people, but two two different groups of people have different interpretations of what democracy might be. Um, a very easy example which you can see through the electoral systems a bit uh, around the world or even in Western society for the sake of the conversation. Uh, in different countries you have very different electoral systems um, which completely, well, it completely changes the course of elections or of what you might think, um, um, well, for the reasons you might think someone might get elected or not, and then we can debate whether democracy, whether if we want to live in a truly democratic society, it means that the that that the people, the society, needs to be really informed, right? Because we're still going also through this through this mediatic revolution where we do not longer know what's true and what's false, or what information is relevant, what is not. Uh, what can be tampered with, what can be modified. Um, anyway, so, so that's also a very big issue regarding the media news channels, and I think that's also why maybe a lot of people are starting to rely more on YouTube videos or, or social media or podcasts, for example, which that can be discussive. That's a good thing or a bad thing. I actually had this conversation with someone quite recently, and it was very interesting because uh, that person said that he thinks that at this point is better if media is controlled by the state. Um, 
I didn't agree with that. I think that it's better if media is controlled by the people or by individuals, um, which I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm not here being a journalist. I'm not going to go through the news every week. Uh, I'm maybe going to comment through some things that have happened uh, and give a, a perspective about it, um, a point of view and discuss about those issues. But I'm, I'm, I'm not here to act as a media news channel. That's the first thing. So, yeah, so democracy can take very different uh, meanings and definitions. But what we can all agree on that the general point of democracy, well, I think we can all agree on this, that the general point of democracy is that we all have a certain amount of freedom to do what we want to do, to allow that freedom of choice, that every person is free to choose whatever they want. And this comes to the same idea of equality of opportunity, where if everyone has the same opportunity, we can all do the right choices and look for the path we, we wish to take as an individual, right? So take that individual individual aspect and make that sovereign over all the collectivist uh, ideas, which that was basically what Western society was predicated upon. Um, actually, uh, Christianity already uh, discovered this uh, thousands of years ago where we should give emphasis to the individual and not the collectivist which is something now that is really getting uh, really debated. Um, well, not debated, it's what well, we're hearing completely different narratives saying that we should give more emphasis to the collectivist and not as much to the individual uh, because the there are some collectives that are the oppressed and then some collectivists are the oppressed. Um, and I there's this brilliant author, that actually did change the course of history and did change the course of century century. And a lot of people are saying that he's one of the most, well, if not the most important author of the 20th century, which is Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And he wrote uh, The Gulag Archipelago um, and explained a bit about the, the, the communist idea, which is, uh, well, it was, in, it was in three volumes and then they decided to do a, uh, a, a one single volume to represent a bit all of his ideas. And that book did help um, to bring down the Soviet Union at that time and he explains a bit all of well the the techniques they used to convince people that the collectivist ideology was the way forward and and this mentality of the oppressor of the and the oppressed and it's something he said um, a lot of people are saying this um, not even that I mean just Think about this for a moment. That that idea of the oppressor of the oppressed. In some ways, we are all oppressors. In other ways, we are all oppressed. Right? We're always going to be oppressed by someone. We're always going to be the oppressor of someone. Um, the way to see that is that we should not look for retribution for our oppressor, and because we should not expect someone to be to seek retribution to ourselves for being their oppressors, uh, and we should learn to live in a way where we can use our privileged position to do something better for society or something better for the people uh, than to use all our resources in looking for the culprit and make them pay for our own oppression that we may live. Um, well, the, the oppressed and oppressed problem can be discussed on another video, but that's a bit my point of view where... Um, we're all going to be oppressed and oppressed at one point. Um, and that also maybe links to inequality and um, that inequality is a social construct, that hierarchical structures are a social construct. 
uh, hierarchical structures have been well since forever to be honest uh, on earth uh, especially in humankind it's written in our biology in our dna uh, in some ways or another and you can get that and a lot of very interesting uh, authors and professors speak about this one specifically i'm speaking of, uh, i'm thinking about is uh, dr jordan b peterson where he explains a lot uh, a lot of things very interesting things with some actual with some actual scientific basis and background and um, about hierarchical structures and how we work with each other uh, how humanity is connected in a way they never expected to be connected uh, which we're always seeing that our interactions are always merely predicated on the way we've been socially constructed um, throughout history which is not necessarily the way of seeing things there are there are a lot more things to consider and a lot of things um, to to factor when we speak about hierarchical structures and inequality and oppressor oppressed um, so that's a bit just scrape through that um, let's go back to the democracy side of things because also a very important thing about democracy is peace and all throughout history we we have lived in constant wars um, very tragic wars very bad wars uh, one of one of the well we all see what happened we all know what happened during the second world war the first world war the amount of people that died the amount of people that ended up in poverty the amount of people that well really just what what wars can do to societies what wars what wars can do to the individual what wars can do to family i think we all know how terrible and horrible that is and we would never want to go back to that point and that's why i think common understanding and learn to live with each other is extremely important because if not really at this point well we all know after during the cold war there was a big issue especially with nuclear weapons where if another war did did burst we do not know who would stay alive or not because the the actual weapons that can be used now are way more lethal and way more destructive than they have ever been especially now in 2020 also and we say war is not an option one of the last wars we have seen on the european continent was way too recently and we know the kind of misery and well, yes, let's just say misery, to keep it simple, uh, in the Balkans, for example. And that was very, very recent. Uh, and, we d and people in Western Europe don't really realise uh, how lucky they are to not have been born in that area. Uh, and then, of course, we lived before that Second World War, which we can, our grandparents or great-grandparents lived through that also. And we need to realise how lucky we are to live in peace. And I think that's something that people need to realise. We do not live in the worst society possible at the worst time possible. There are worst places or worst times to live in right so first of all let's be grateful for what we have let's be grateful for what we have let's be grateful to our to our predecessors um and and try and see a bit their perspective on things on why they did certain things i mean we always say today oh my god how could they have done that always thinking that just because now we know what constitutes uh, or that we know the existence of paracetamol or insulin that we're more intelligent than the people that came before us, that we that we would do better than them uh, because we are so uh, morally just and we are we are a um, 
we are the divine word of God, right? Um, well, they also term divinity is very, very interesting uh, when we speak about all of these things, people that claim moral high ground upon other people, um, which that also goes inside the identity politics uh, ground. In any case, we, sh we should first acknowledge how lucky we are to be living in these places, and we do know that around the world is nothing at all like this. There's still a lot of misery, there's still a lot of poverty, a lot of killings. Um, well, you just think of every single bad thing a human can do. There's a very long list, and then just think that every every single thing, every single of one of those things that you just thought about is happening today around the world and just take realize that for a moment and realize that everyone just by the fact of living in western society is privileged just by that mere fact we're already all privileged right and that's why i, I well and later on i will also bring up the the privileged point of view um where privilege is is, is not as easy as some people may want to explain it privileged you're not privileged just by having a certain type of a certain amount of skin pigmentation um you're not privileged by having well you know where i'm going with this i don't really want to go into too much detail right now but you can uh, you, you can imagine okay so regarding uh, we've been speaking about 20th century and i think what we've learned is The regimes that have worked, those that have haven't worked, the economic structures that have worked, the societal structures that have worked, and those that haven't worked, right? And we can all agree that two that have absolutely not worked were both that were both totalitarian regimes. They were both built on violence, on fake news. Even at the time, fake news. Yes, that was that was a thing that that hasn't just emerged recently um and just really taken out the worst of people right and that's basically communism based on the marxist marxist ideology and fascism uh, then the biggest probably well um how do you say this um Anyway, fascism was best represented now, as we can all imagine, the Nazi Germany, right? That was probably one of the worst. That was probably one of the worst times that fascism really, really, really did do all the all the horrible things. The the idea or that kind of uh, regime was designed to do, uh, with around uh, what was it like twenty, forty million dead. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but in the tens of millions of uh, of dead people, and then the communist regimes with around more or less um, Stalin the same kind of numbers, 20, 40 million, and then Mao China probably 60, and then we can go to Cambodia, we can go to Latin America, we can go all around the world, all sorts of different prototypes of societal structures and economic structures have have been implemented. I mean, we have the evidence there. We know what has worked. We know what hasn't worked. And now we need to work out what parts can we get from where that that actually do work or that can work. 
um, and, and, and democracy uh, emerged from that, actually true democracy where we can all vote by the time we're, we're 18. And then we can get into democracy, oh no, but if, if people should have the should have the right to vote from 16 or from 14 or from 12, those are different discussions. But I think we can all agree that we are free to a certain extent for us to be able to choose our own future, right? And, and, that, and that we should think about and acknowledge at some point. Um, so the political spectrum, um, I don't know if most people see it like this. This is certainly the way I do see it, especially when I when I heard that someone actually explained it the same way I've been thinking about it all along, is that the political spectrum is more like a horseshoe, right? Or a, uh, or a semicircle, if you will. Um, so each extreme actually is re resemble each other more than than the center let's say right so both extremes uh, communism and fascism actually do resemble each other because they're both the only way that they can actually thrive is to if through totalitarianism and violence and let's say the um forcing people to do what they wouldn't do otherwise if it wasn't through force uh, and we've seen that in both in both regimes um, so, so that's something we do not want to go. And what we know nowadays is that we know where to box out fascism. We know it's, it's, it's pretty evident, but what's happening also is that we're completely uh, vulgarizing the word fascist. We're completely vulgarizing the word racist. We're completely, we're completely vulgarizing the, the, the word bigot. The, because everyone nowadays, uh, I've heard people say that just by the mere fact you're white, you're a racist, right? Even if you don't know it, you still are a racist. Uh, by the mere fact you're a man, uh, you're still a bigot, right? Um, and what a horrible thing to say to people, really. Honestly, that's just really, uh, it's appalling when you're basically judged by the color of your skin, by your biological gender, if you will, even though you can ident identify yourselves as, as another thing, right? Um, let's say a trans woman can be called now a bigot towards women because she has something between her legs, let's say, right? And uh, that's mainly what collectivist ideas and identity politics can bring onto the table. Uh, there's a point of view to consider, there are some arguments to consider, there are conversations to be had, but everything in that regard is being too simplified. I'm not saying some rights are still to be gained. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that some rights for specific people are still to be gained. It's just that to take over that mentality of collectivism and saying that you are the oppressed, no, sorry, you are the oppressor, we are the oppressed, is not the way, it's not the right way to get to things. It's not the right way to bring up conversations. Um, how can you bring up a conversation with me when you're already insinuating that I'm your oppressor or, or that or that you think that you're on a higher moral ground than I am, that we're not starting with the same experiences or with the same ideas, with the same uh, views of where we actually want to go. And this is really funny because on every single, on the whole of the, of the political spectrum, re regardless where you are, right, I think everyone, apart from those at the extremes, right, but I think everyone generally does want that as many people as possible live the best lives as possible, right? That is something I, I really do believe that's the, um, 
Well, that's a nice part in people. The only the only problem is, is that nobody actually agrees on what path to take. Again, coming back to the social labyrinth, what path to take in order to get to that point or in order to get to that divinity, um, to that perfect utopia. Um, well, the word utopia is very interesting because that's also what the what the Marxist ideology uh, constitutes of. It's it's an utopia where the only way you can get through that is through um, well, physical violence um, and subordination and literally tyrannism. Um, in any case, uh, but it's it's something that we should try and reach as much as possible. And it's something actual. It's, it, it's realistic to wish for the equality opportunity of everyone. That's something that really we should all think about. That regardless of your skin color, regardless of your gender, your sexual orientation, of your religion, of your culture, of your creed, that everyone has the same opportunities in life. That is something that we all want. Now, that's not the same of, as saying now um, uh, that everyone should have the same equal representation in every single aspect of society. It is not the same. Uh, and this is coming back to quotas, uh, which actually is one of the reasons also I, I started the podcast because I did think about starting a podcast before during the lockdown. I mean, I think everyone during the lockdown has had a lot of different ideas. I say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then in the end, maybe you do some things, maybe you do nothing. But you, you brainstorm a lot with yourself, right? Especially if you were alone during the lockdown like I was, which I didn't really mind actually. I, I like I like the alone time, but it really didn't make you think about a lot of things. And then it all came down when I started speaking about quotas a bit about people, and because because it's something that has been pretty socially accepted, right? We, we we don't really get to question quotas that much. We don't really think about them that much anymore, and and what they can bring. But anyway, I brought up the conversation uh, at one point with some people, or pretty relevant people in the field, to be honest, and I made some people actually question their thoughts about quotas because they never actually thought about them before i made people a bit start to think about more th think a bit more about that specifically and see if it was actually the best way forward to allow everyone to get to that same equality of opportunity and that's also something jordan peterson says quite a bit is that we need to differentiate equality of opportunity from equality of outcome uh, which well we can speak about that on uh, on another video uh, sorry, episode, uh, podcast, uh, uh, episode, uh, whatever you, you you would like to call it. So yes, um, and that was also I said okay, if I managed to make people think, just think, just well, process a bit the the kind of information they gather, the facts they gather, and make them realize that maybe the way they've been going towards something. Maybe the path they took was the wrong path. It's not the right path. I mean, I'm happy with that. Um, you, you should always expect when you speak with people, when you have dialogues, um, that the other person knows something you don't know, right? And you can always learn something from the other person. I tend to, well, I make, I try to make, I try to be as precise as possible in my, when I articulate my my thoughts, but it's never it's it's, it's never that easy to be honest. Uh, but some people, when they come into a conversation, um, they don't even doubt. They're not even skeptical about about their thoughts. They're not even skeptical about what they believe in, 
And I think that's the problem. I think we all need to be skeptical about what we think is true, what we think is false, what we think is morally just or morally unjust. Um, everyone can be wrong, everyone can be right, right? But it's just that when you see actually what path to take, well, the way you see that is through people actually entering in conversations and having and having conversations with each other and entering in, in, in civil discourse, in public discourse, um, especially through things that having such a polit big political and economic impact, um, like quotas um, and social impact, to be honest, because it's something that is really that really is getting implemented in, 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 into policy all throughout the world. And we should stop and think about that for a second, because it's either freedom of choice and diversity, right? So we're all diverse, we all want different things, we all have different goals, and there are some, there's a way to steel man the point of view, right, of those that defend causes. There's there's a way to steel man that. Uh, in short, the the people that say that quotas are necessary is saying because we don't all have the quality of opportunity and the way that we all get to the quality of opportunity is to in inserting the culture by force, those minorities that aren't already represented and that naturally later on, uh, it will already be normalized for these minorities to be in those structures, right? In those hierarchical structures at, at different levels uh, with different um, percentages of representation. That's the way a bit to steal man that kind of point of view, but it's either we're all diverse and and we all have the freedom of choice of what we, of what we want to do in our lives, or quotas, where we're all equal, let's say, in our equality of outcome, where we want that every single minority or every single group of people that share a common trait are equally represented at every single level of society in proportion to the to the percentage of population they represent in that same society, right? That That's more or less the way to explain quotas. Um, in any case, I think I'll probably do a, a whole episode regarding quotas because it's very, very interesting to speak about that specifically. Um, but that's just a bit to give uh, some background information of one of the main reasons that actually did push me to do uh, a podcast. Um, okay, so quotas, and I've spoke a bit. I've spoken a bit about the the totalitarianism and. Um, all of that and also dogma might be i mean dogma is pretty much what we send today we we've seen a bit of a shift in in belief systems right um from christ from christianity that has been lost or judeo-christian values right um, even in islam we are seeing some changes uh in the way uh, muslim people think or, or well claim to be muslim people think uh, there are some way there are some conversations to be had about uh, what is the right interpretation of the Quran. Um, there are some there are some conversations to be had. What is the right interpretation of the Bible? Um, I don't really know much about the Torah to be honest, uh, and about Judaism. But that will be also interesting to see what role does religion have today in society? Because religion has always been, has always claimed a political role, right? Uh, them deciding the the structures that the people should have between them and the way people should act uh, or should be self-organized. Uh, some things really worked really well through relig uh, in religion throughout history. Um, 
and some things went really badly. Uh, I mean, the Spanish Inquisition was uh, was one of the very good examples on how, uh, well, Christianity was completely misinterpreted and used for evil. Um, in any case, well, I think we're, we're changing belief systems and uh, political parties have become, have become like football teams or religions. Uh, we need to defend them no matter what, or I need to defend my ideology no matter what. Um, well, first of all, that all goes in with the idea of ideology, where I do not really like that idea because that would just basically mean that everything you think should go should respect that ideology, let's say, or should go in accord with that ideology. Uh, everything should be coherent, and nobody is 100% coherent in absolutely anything. Nobody is 100% coherent. It's just impossible. You can try to be. You can try to be the best version of yourself, um, and try to bring the most to society. Try to bring. Try to leave society a little bit better when you leave than when you arrived. Right. So um, that's something that that we should all try to do, um, and that. It also comes into responsibility, into individual responsibility. What is our meaning in life? What should we do in life? Um, and I think everyone is really individual in that sense because everyone has their own goals, um, their own their own objectives, their their own idea of what would make them happy or what would think that is necessary for them at that time and age. Right? We're all individuals in in that regard. Um, so that's very interesting to, to also make people think a bit more about their responsibility, about how can they make the world a little bit better, uh, how can they make themselves happier and the people around them happier um, in general. So, yes, well, responsibility is a really big thing that people aren't really thinking much about nowadays. So, yes, I'm, I'm not going to make this first episode any longer. I think I've touched a bit um, everything. Uh, well, maybe I didn't come to the idea why I called the, co- the podcast a civic podcast. Uh, I think I was just finished with that, maybe. So civic, well, my second family name is Civico. Uh, so that's, well, kind of a <laughs> link to that. And also people actually joke around a bit with me saying, oh, civic, you're kind of civil, you're kind of a... Yeah, well, uh, you got the joke. Not very funny, but there it is. Uh, and also because I really want to make this channel into somewhere where people can discuss, can exchange ideas, uh, and can really enter into something that resembles the most, or as much as it can, to a civil discourse. And civility, I think, is something that humans have managed to develop throughout history. And it's something that we shouldn't take for granted. And just the fact of being able to live in society, to live in peace with each other, to be able to speak with each other in a free manner. Uh, I think that's really important. And civility is maybe one of the things that we have left. And even now we see in that it's being lost. Um, people are taking very different standing points that isn't, isn't really predicated nor based on civility itself. Uh, which I think that's that's a very, very big danger uh, today. Well, in any case, I really thank you all for listening. If you managed to 
survived the 43 minutes uh, up to now. And I will try to do more or less than maybe two episodes per week or one episode per week. I, I, I really need to think that through a bit because um, I need to see how to fit that into my overall schedule and at what times, uh, what week, which weeks, uh, I will start posting some things. Um, in any case, if you have any ideas of topics uh, you think are really burning topics that need to be spoken about or well, explained, let's say, in a bit more into depth or you want to hear a conversation and me with someone uh, about that specific topic, please feel free to, uh, well, to send me a message and tell me that. Uh, on the YouTube video, there will be my uh, my Twitter my Twitter account and uh, my email. Also, you can send me ideas of what you will of things you will maybe think or deem relevant to speak about. And yes, um, also maybe on the podcast on Spotify, you could find my my personal details. I'm not exactly sure how that will work, but I will I will figure it out. Uh, well, without further ado, I wish you all a very nice day or evening or week or month or to the next time uh, you hear from me. Um, and that's pretty much it. So thank you very much, everyone. I miss my pie Civico, and this was the Civic Podcast. <laughs>